Okay, so today we'll continue with uh, chapter five, the 10 commandments that we started uh, last week. So last week we went through the first uh, five commandments. So today uh, we should be able to get through the other five and God willing the remaining parts of this chapter. Okay, so we talked about the uh, 10 commandments uh, which were given by God. So it reflects the wisdom of God. And it also shows that uh, even after so many years, we are still able to go back to these commandments and they uh, they kind of set an order for our life. And when we obey these commandments, uh, we see that there is a definite a blessing in our life. And there is a blessing in the community because uh, these commandments uh, were meant to bring order uh, to the society, order to the community. So even today, if these uh, laws are uh, kept, uh, we would see some... <clears throat> Uh, discipline and order uh, in the moral life and also in the civil life. So we see in uh, Exodus 31 and verse 18 uh, that when the laws were given, it says uh, it was written uh, with the finger of God. So it was given to Moses uh, with the authority of God and it was passed on to the Israelites from one generation to the next. And today uh, we are also reading uh, the same Ten Commandments. And in the New Testament, we see that uh, uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 6, uh, we see the transition taking place uh, from the commandments which are written in stone to commandments which are written in our hearts. So in Hebrews 10, 16, it says, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds uh, will I write them. So once we are born again, uh, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ said that... Uh, when he left, he said, I'm going to give you the gift of Holy Spirit, and it will bring to remembrance all that he has taught. And we see that uh, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, we are able to recall uh, the commandments, the teachings uh, that we see in the scriptures. So, uh, so Moses reminded them in verse one, uh, uh, we need to hear these commandments, uh, we need to learn, uh, we need to keep, and we need to do them. So the blessings will come when we obey the Ten Commandments. The blessings will come when we obey God's word uh, without uh, questioning it or without compromising or without diluting it. So, so we looked at the first uh, five commandments uh, last week. Uh, the first one was we should not have uh, any other God uh, besides uh, Jehovah. So uh, he should be the one day God in our life. And we should not make any uh, graven uh, images, which was number two. And we should not take the Lord's name uh, in vain. Uh, we should not treat it uh, casually, but we should treat the Lord's name with great reverence. And keep uh, Sabbath holy, which was number four. So we also see that in the New Testament, uh, Sabbath uh, is not mandatory. But we see that Sabbath uh, is a foreshadow of what the Lord was going to accomplish. So we can enter uh, into the rest uh, through the gift of salvation. Uh, so through that, we can enjoy rest uh, at all times, not just once a week. So this is where we ended, that we need to honor our parents. Uh, we need to love our parents. We need to respect our parents. So we'll continue with verse uh, 17, uh, which says, it simply says, thou shall not kill. So we know that people get killed uh, or people die uh, in different ways besides natural death. 
And commandment number six uh, addresses uh, what type of killing uh, is not uh, justified or what type of killing is condemned uh, in the word of God. So here, uh, killing uh, refers to murder. And when we go back to Genesis, we see that God created man uh, in his image. And in the case of uh, Cain and Abel, uh, we also see that God will seek account uh, for blood uh, that is shed. Uh, as we read in Genesis chapter 4, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me uh, from the ground, and now art thou cursed uh, from the earth. So we see that there is a punishment uh, that is associated uh, with murder, which is uh, intentional, uh, which we would call killing. Uh, in the same way, uh, since the Lord has given us life, uh, we are not allowed to take that life on our own. So that is why we are opposed uh, to abortion. Uh, we are opposed to suicide. We are opposed to uh, euthanize. Uh, none of which are justified based on uh, commandment number six. But if there is a capital punishment by law, uh, if that is the law of the land, then we really cannot uh, go against it. And in the same way, uh, if you're serving as a soldier in the army, then the expectation is that uh, you're, you're a soldier for a reason, which is to bring victory uh, to your home country. And if you are in a war situation, then obviously uh, there might be uh, killing in that uh, situation. And so number six or commandment number six does not uh, talk about that type of killing. Uh, it is addressing killing uh, in the context of intentional killing, uh, which could be due to anger, it could be due to greed and so on. Okay, in the New Testament, uh, when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, uh, many of the commandments uh, we also see in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, where Lord Jesus Christ uh, puts a higher uh, standard on those. So here it says in Matthew 6, uh, 21 and 22, uh, you have heard of old time, thou shalt not kill. So that is making a reference uh, to the commandment number six, and that whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother uh, without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. So here the Lord is saying that even if you're angry with someone uh, without uh, any cause, uh, you could be in danger of judgment or by the Lord. So, so the standards are higher in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you shall not kill. And in the New Testament, the Lord is saying, even if you're angry without a cause, you'll be in danger of judgment. Okay, number seven uh, is from verse 18, which says, uh, neither shalt thou commit uh, adultery. So obviously, adultery goes uh, against uh, God's divine order for marriage. And all of these uh, Ten Commandments, the Lord is uh, trying to establish a divine order uh, when the people of Israel go into the promised land. And by following these uh, commandments, they will be able to achieve uh, uh, good moral values, but they will also be able to establish a good civil system uh, for that society. And obviously, adultery will destroy uh, families, it destroys the trust, and it also weakens the overall society. And 
in the Old Testament, the adultery is punishable by death uh, for both uh, for both the parties, as we read in Deuteronomy 22, 22. And when we come to the New Testament in Galatians 5, 19, uh, we see that uh, adultery is a work of flesh uh, as opposed to the fruit of the spirit that we see in the same chapter. And we are also reminded that if we walk uh, in the spirit, uh, we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So our flesh is always uh, trying to do things that are against uh, the word of God. So we are exhorted to walk in the spirit and not to yield to the flesh or yield to the temptations that we face uh, in this world. And again, in New Testament, when we go to the uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, we see that uh, Lord Jesus, he puts a higher standard uh, on the same commandment. So we read in 27, uh, you have heard that it was said of old time, thou shall not commit adultery. So that's making a reference to commandment seven. But he goes on to say, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman uh, to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So here the Lord is putting a much uh, higher standard. Uh, he's not uh, condemning the action, but he's also condemning the thought or the desire, or even as we read in uh, Commandment 10, uh, if you're coveting uh, something that doesn't uh, belong to you, the Lord is saying you're already guilty uh, of committing adultery. And when we go to the book of John, chapter 8, uh, we read about that famous uh, incident where a woman is caught in adultery and she's brought to Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that uh, he is able to forgive that woman uh, who is caught in adultery. So even though the Bible says uh, adultery is a punishable sin, uh, and there are many sins that are punishable and that are condemned uh, in the scriptures, but we see that whenever uh, there is true repentance, uh, we also see God's mercy to that follows uh, true repentance. So God is a God of mercy, but he is also a God of justice, as we see in the Ten Commandments and all the judgments that are associated with that. But at the same time, uh, the concept of God's love and God's mercy is also reinforced uh, throughout the scriptures. They're all short commandments. So number eight, we find in uh, verse 19, which says, neither shalt thou steal. So here again, uh, it speaks about not taking something that is not ours. And oftentimes stealing could be triggered by uh, covetousness or greed or lying or exploitation. And we also see that many a times the war that we see around the world, uh, they're also triggered by the same uh, attitude where we want to get something that doesn't belong to us or we want to uh, get it uh, through war. Yeah, maybe someone can read. Uh, we also see in the scriptures that stealing uh, on tithe uh, and taxes is also condemned. So oftentimes uh, we may not be stealing, uh, like going and stealing someone else's uh, things. So Bible reminds us that uh, we could also be guilty of stealing uh, in the area of tithes or in the area of taxes. Yeah, maybe someone could read Malachi 3.8 and Matthew 2.20 to 21. Yeah, so here again, the Lord is uh, making a distinction that there are certain things that belong to him and there are certain things that belong to uh, 
uh, others. And we should be careful not to covet or not to steal uh, what belongs to others. So he's saying that uh, as a believer, uh, you should not be robbing the Lord of tithes and offerings. And in the same way, uh, if you are a citizen of a country or if you're staying in a country, uh, you should not rob that uh, country of the taxes that belong uh, to that government. And in Proverbs uh, 13 and verse 11, uh, it reminds us that stolen wealth uh, will also disappear very soon. So it might be possible to get rich uh, by stealing in different ways or by cheating on your taxes and things like that. But Bible warns us very clearly that wealth that is gotten by dishonesty uh, shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. So when you accumulate wealth uh, by cheating or through dishonest means, uh, eventually it will evaporate. And even during that process, uh, you will lose uh, the blessing of God. Obviously, the blessing of God cannot be on any money that you accumulate in a dishonest way. And of course, you also have to live uh, with the guilt uh, of having money that you have done in a, gained in a dishonest way. And obviously that applies to the believers. The unbelievers, uh, they may not care about any of these things. Uh, they may continue to cheat. They may continue to accumulate wealth uh, in different ways. Uh, but for believers, uh, it's very clear that God's favor will not be on any money that is gotten in a uh, wrong way. So in Ephesians uh, 4.28, uh, Paul exhorts us that instead of stealing, instead of cheating, uh, instead we should work hard. And when we work hard, uh, God will bless that. So let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands and thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. So the exhortation is uh, instead of stealing or looking for ways uh, to cut corners, uh, it is better to work hard and honor God and God will take care of all our needs. And number nine, uh, in verse 20, it says, neither shalt thou bear false witness against your neighbor. So false witness could happen through uh, gossip. It could happen through slander. It could happen through lies and half-truths. And all of those uh, where you're trying to bring someone down, or if you're trying to protect someone by giving a false uh, testimony, then that is uh, condemned. And Proverbs uh, 6.19 tells us, Lord hates uh, those who give a false witness and sow divisions. So oftentimes we see that in the society, people give a false witness or they lie about your character, or they may lie about different things uh, in order to bring divisions uh, within the community, within the family, or within uh, groups. And Proverbs reminds us that the Lord hates uh, such things. And in Deuteronomy chapter 19, uh, in, in the context of commandment 9, nine uh, it says a false witness uh, is a punishable uh, offense. And of course, again, it goes back to the civil order. And the expectation is when somebody is giving a witness, uh, whether it's in a court or it is to settle a dispute, uh, the expectation is that they will give a true testimony, they will give a true witness. And that is how the justice system can be effective. 
But if people are going to court and giving false witness, then obviously uh, the system will break down. So again, if we follow the commandments of God, then we can see that uh, it brings uh, purity uh, even to the justice system uh, that we see in the world. And the last one is commandment 10, uh, which gets to the heart and to thoughts. So Lord, these commandments that we saw, those were based on actions that were visible or that were tangible. But commandment number 10, uh, it goes to the intent or goes uh, similar to the Sermon on the Mount. So we find that in verse uh, 21, it says, neither shall thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shall thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. So essentially the Lord is saying that uh, we should not even think about something that is not ours. So we should not desire or we should not covet what is not ours. So that would be an invisible sin. Uh, so you could be sitting with your friend and you could be desiring the things uh, that your friend has. Uh, obviously, your friend is not able to read uh, your mind. They cannot look into your heart, but you're committing an invisible sin. Uh, but obviously, the sin is visible to the Lord, who is able to look at our heart. He is able to look uh, at the intent uh, of our thoughts. So essentially, uh, the Lord is reminding us that we need to respect the boundaries that others have, whether it's physical property or emotional or anything. And when there is covetousness uh, in our heart, uh, if it continues for a long time, then eventually it would lead to an outward sin. Uh, it would lead to crime. It would lead to wars. So everything begins in our heart, begins in our thoughts. And if we continue to dwell on it, then eventually it will manifest itself uh, in a sin. And in the New Testament, we are exhorted that instead of coveting or seeking things that we do not have or desiring things that our neighbors have or our friends have, we should instead be content uh, with whatever the Lord has given us. So in Luke chapter 12, it tells us to beware of covetousness. And in Hebrews uh, 13 and verse 5, it says uh, to be content uh, with such things as he have. And again, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul reminds us uh, godliness uh, with contentment uh, is great gain. So obviously contentment uh, is the opposite uh, of covetousness. And we find that people who are content, uh, they are more at peace. Uh, they are more happy compared to people who are always uh, coveting or who are always uh, looking at others to see or desiring to have the things uh, that they don't have. So those were the commandments, uh, 1 to 10. And in verses 22 to 27, uh, we see the response of the people of Israel. Maybe someone can read 22 to 27. So here again, uh, Moses is recalling the experience uh, when the Ten Commandments were given to him. And again, he is uh, emphasizing that uh, it came uh, through a great uh, voice and God gave him uh, the Ten Commandments. So it came from God and he wrote on the two tables and it was delivered uh, unto Moses. So God in his wisdom, uh, he came with Ten Commandments 
And he was able to capture all that is needed uh, for a civil society and for good moral values, uh, just to have 10 uh, commandments, 10 broad commandments. And from there, we have other laws that we would see in subsequent chapters. So it was delivered unto Moses, and Moses uh, is the mediator, and the Israelites uh, didn't want to get close uh, to God. So they asked Moses to hear all that the Lord has to say and to communicate it uh, back to them. So the people of Israel, they are very interested to know what the Lord wanted to say. But at the same time, uh, they did not want to get uh, too close to God because they were afraid that if they get too close, uh, they would be consumed. So they wanted Moses to act as a mediator to get receive everything from God and to pass it on to them. And more than that, uh, they also make uh, a bold uh, commitment that whatever they hear or whatever Moses communicates to them, uh, they would uh, obey. So we'll see how the Lord thinks and about this. Yeah. So in 28 to 30, we see God's response uh, to what the people are saying, that they're going to hear everything that Moses is going to tell them, and they're also going to obey. Yeah, brother, you can read 28 to 30. Yeah, so at this point, the Israelites return, but Moses uh, stays back because God is going to continue to speak to him. Uh, he's not only going to give them the Ten Commandments, but he's also going to give him judgments and statutes, which will be uh, followed. So Israelites return, but Moses uh, stays back. And God is pleased uh, with their response. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he, is, uh, he is indicating that uh, they won't have the heart to actually keep the commandments or to obey the commandments. So based on the past experience, and also based on, because God is God, he knows the nature of human nature. Uh, he knows the wickedness of our heart. And he knows that they won't be able to keep all these commandments. And when we look at history, we know that uh, even before Moses came back from the mount, uh, they had already made a golden calf and they were worshiping that golden calf when Moses uh, returned from the mount. So in less than 40 days, they had already broken the second commandment, which was not to make any golden image or to worship anyone other than God. So they broke the first two commandments. So the chapter concludes uh, in 31 to 33, yes. Okay, so God's desire was to give the complete uh, commandments. And that is what we read in 31, that uh, he is going to speak unto Moses, all the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments, uh, which thou shalt uh, teach them. So Moses is going to communicate uh, everything that the Lord uh, tells him. And the expectation is uh, if they walk uh, in the ways of the Lord, or if they obey all these commandments and statutes, they would be prosperous, they would have a long life, and God's favor would be upon their lives, and their life would be a blessing uh, in the promised land. So those are the uh, Ten Commandments that we see uh, in chapter 5. Uh, we should not have any other gods. There should be only one God in our life. So we cannot have multiple gods or we cannot have multiple gods that we worship. And secondly, we cannot have any idols. So we often say that 
idol is not just a graven image, but anything that takes the place of God uh, in our life. It could be our work. Uh, it could be uh, anything else that occupies our mind all the time and takes away time and attention from God can become an idol. It could be entertainment. Uh, it could be uh, relationships uh, that we have in this world, which can take us away from God. Okay, and commandment three was, we should not take the Lord's name in vain. And the fourth, uh, to keep uh, the Sabbath holy. Fifth, to honor our parents and, and to obey them. And the sixth one, no murder, which the Lord translated as no anger without a cause. And number seven was no adultery uh, in action or even in thoughts and no stealing or desiring what is not ours and not to bear false witness uh, with the intent of sowing uh, divisions uh, in a group or in a community. And the last one is not to covet what doesn't belong to us. So we'll stop here. Uh, so how many of these are relevant for today out of these 10 commandments? How many of these we can apply even today, uh, even though it's been more than 3,000 years when God gave to Moses? Isn't it all? All of them. All, all of them. them. all of them, right? So God, uh, in his wisdom, uh, even at that time, he was able to come up with laws that apply to us even today. And even this Sunday, we heard that we need to spend time in God's word. So even though God's word uh, is very old, but it still applies to us today. Uh, even today, uh, it speaks to us. And when we obey God's word, when we meditate on God's word, uh, it definitely brings blessing to our life. And if the whole community, if the whole family, if the whole nation uh, follows the commandments of God, then obviously it would lead to a very high standard. When it comes to moral standards, it would lead to a very high justice system, which obviously we don't see today because people break uh, all of these laws. Uh, they are multiple gods or they do not believe in any god at all. Uh, they have made many idols uh, in terms of graven images or they are obsessed with different things which take them away from the true god. And we often see people uh, swearing in God's name, so they break that and keep Sabbath holy or they haven't entered uh, into the rest, uh, which is available through salvation experience. And we also see that uh, many children, they are rebellious, uh, they do not honor their parents. And just uh, in the last few days, few days, we have seen a lot of shooting in California, so we see that there is no uh, respect for life. Or even when we think of abortion, uh, that would be a murder based on God's word. And we see a lot of broken uh, relationships uh, because of adultery. And obviously there is stealing. Uh, we see a lot of false witness, uh, which leads to uh, breakups and which leads to even in court system, we see lots of false witnesses. And obviously there's a lot of coveting. So we see that all 10 of these laws are being broken in today's society. And that is why the society is also very dysfunctional and it is very broken. But it is up to us uh, as believers, it is up to us as Christians uh, to be a light uh, in this dark world. 
and to set a higher standard. So, but if you see that even these things are not being honored, uh, even in churches or among believers, then obviously we are not good testimonies or we are not good examples uh, in this world. So in the US, we see many amendments to the law, but uh, for 10 commandments, we don't need any amendments. So they were set in stone and now they are established in our hearts and in our minds. And uh, there is no reason for us to do any changes. And if there is any change uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord is uh, exhorting us to a much higher standard. Yeah, when we went back to chapter four, uh, we, see it, uh, we saw that uh, what makes the nation great. And we saw that the, the reason Israel was great was because they were given these laws, which were much superior to the laws that were in existence at that time. And the second reason was uh, they had a personal relationship with God, which made them unique. And even today, uh, we can be a great nation. Uh, we can be a great community. We can be a great society. Uh, if we follow the word, for, word of God, and if we maintain our relationship with God.